Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Esports Entrepreneurship Podcast. I am Fierce, joined here by Leon Cyphers and Yuzair Hassan. And uh, this is the podcast where we talk about everything we're working on, our various businesses, projects, etc. And uh, just what interests us and what we have going on. I don't think we decided who's going first today, by the way. Uh, do you want to go first? I can. Mine's pretty short. Um, I'll probably have more next week. But yeah, so um, for those of you who don't know, I've been meeting with um, one of the co-founders of a capital management company and will be starting part-time for them uh, as a social media strategist, I think. I don't have an official title, actually. I should ask them about that. But um, this last week, I actually had my first call with both of the co-founders, uh, met with them, kind of gave the other co-founder the high level of what I'll be doing and uh, be working on kind of two separate projects with them. and kind of got my email with the company, kind of got set up, and I'm going to have a ton of meetings set up for this coming week, uh, which I probably need to finalize actually today. So yeah, that is uh, going to start pedal to the metal. I thought it was going to start this last week, and it kind of did, but I think I'll actually start work for them this coming week. So that's, uh, that's what's going on there. Um, in terms of my personal channel and project with that, this last week I... Uh, measured my average time spent on an average day, um, like specifically average days alone where I'm not like going and doing things with people in the evening. Like I'm taking those into account, but days where would be typically the most productive days, right? Days where I don't have anything else external going on. Um, and uh, I measured that alongside with, uh, I spent a lot of time thinking about what I would at least for now until, you know, if I get to the point, um, what I would want my dream, not dream day, my, what I would want my average day to be productivity wise. Um, like taking time for, you know, every single thing I would want to get done. And so now I'm just, uh, working on like the kind of the difference between those two, what the time I would consider wasted time or time I don't want to spend on certain things or do want to spend on other things. Um, and then this next week I'm going to make it my goal to transition from one to the other. Uh, and we'll see how that goes. And then at the end of this coming week, I should, or yeah, like right after the end of this coming week, I guess I should have the YouTube video out for the every other week now that I'm doing it every two weeks. So Basically, that's it. The only other thing I wanted to mention, just kind of randomly, is I found uh, a pretty interesting podcast, which I had not heard of before. Uh, I just figured I'd mention it because I've listened to an episode or two. Um, it's called the All In Podcast. It is hosted by four billionaires. And it is they basically talk about anything from finance and economics to politics. Um, and I find it very interesting because they, they're very all over the place in terms of the directions they lean and what they care about, but they're also four friends. So they, you know, I think they fairly hold each other accountable fairly well towards, you know, actual facts and stuff. I don't know. It's, I think it's very interesting hearing from, you know, the thoughts of, you know, four people who really don't have much to lose you know, they're actually going to give their real opinions. They aren't going to censor themselves. Um, They've got a lot and, to lose. They got a billion dollars plus to lose. Yes, but they don't have anything to lose in terms of their, like, yeah. they, they can they can say what they think without being like, no, no, you know, I know. my I'm job's going to fire me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like, in a way, they have the most to lose, but also they're in the position where they don't have someone who's going to directly take it from them if they don't, like their thought on one thing or another i just think it's very interesting and as someone who likes to have a potentially concise way to keep up with current events because i don't want to spend much time on that but i like to kind of know what's going on in the world and i think it's very easy if you especially if you're using something visually to keep up to get sucked into various directions of things um having something where in you know half an hour i can kind of learn the major the maybe too much of a macro scale what's going on in the world 
I find it interesting, useful. We'll see if it holds up. I've only listened to a couple episodes, but just something I thought I'd mention. I didn't know there was such a thing as a podcast hosted by, you know, four people worth, you know, with that much net worth. It's kind of crazy, but yeah. So that's, uh, that's it for me. You actually mentioned them before. I ended up watching, looking at it right now. Did I mention last time? Uh, yeah. Episode 58. Not, you didn't mention it last time. You mentioned it some time ago. That was like a month ago, actually. I, I think it's because that's when I first discovered them on TikTok, and then I finally actually got around to listening to their like actual episodes more recently. But yeah. yeah, that's cool. And in terms of the time tracking stuff, one thing that you might be interested in, I actually got this recently because I want to start right now. I'm trying to track my time every 15 minutes. I need to set an alarm because I keep forgetting to fill out the form thing. But what I downloaded recently on my computer is something called Time Doctor. And it's basically a tool that companies use to track uh, their employees. But what's nice about it is that, I mean, the analytics are whatever. I don't really care about the analytics. It gives you a screenshot and you can set the frequency to as low as every three minutes. So every three minutes, they'll take a screenshot of your computer, tape, put it into their own like servers. And that way you can literally go back and see every timestamp and every three minutes what you're doing assuming you're tracking it manually or um, if that, like if you're trying to track YouTube, obviously you might have a software that does all the analytical stuff. I hate that because I'm, because I'd rather have my own spreadsheet, (laughs) but that might be something worth looking into. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely something I'll consider right now. I'm doing it a little bit more loose. I'm not doing it super strict, but I feel like if, if I cannot with being like, not like super loose, obviously I'm still keeping track and everything, but um, you know, if I, if I'm really struggling with the transition to what I would want an average day to be, um, you know, doing it loosely, then I'm, we'll tighten down and we'll try things more along those lines to, and things that even restrict me from using distractions. Um, but I'd rather if I can, you know, just build up the personal self-control, we'll see if that works or not. You know, I might need external control that I create beforehand, but we'll see. Yeah, well, power is limited. So the more, yeah. the less you have to use, the better. Yeah. And it, well, I mean, and that's the whole point of habit too, right? Because you, you have to use less willpower if you've, if you've already built the habit of just doing something a certain way. All right, who's next? <laughs> I mean, I can go. Go so whatever. It. uh so let's see uh this or last week's podcast was like twice as long as any others but it was actually a lot of fun because i got to reconnect with some of the people um that i first met while streaming that i kind of like lost connection when when i stopped doing political stuff so that was really cool um one of the gentlemen i'm gonna have on my um recording sometime i don't know when Uh, but i did get that recorded with isaac i think two days ago two or three, whatever. Um, and that was a very fun time. I enjoyed it. So I'm going to try to get probably three or four more before I actually publish that one. That way I've got that kind of like month buffer, which is maybe more than needed, but whatever. Um, so I'm going to try. I noticed actually I didn't, I haven't paid attention to the Discord server, but there's been a lot of people on here, like a lot of activity lately. So I might try to pull a few of those people for interviews. That might be really good to like find people. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I had a um, a consulting appointment just before this. That's why I actually ran like a little bit late. Uh, but that actually, I think that one went really well. It felt really awkward at the end because I kind of talked to them about things. And then at the end, they're like, oh, yeah, well, what about like fees for the future? And I'm like, well, you guys are a charity. So I feel bad like asking for stuff. And then they, they it was that like. Yeah, you're shaking your. <laughs> yeah, they got into the like. No, we we have money. We should have, like. So we, we kind of agreed. I would I would think on a rate for him and then get back with them in like a week. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Uzair shook his head no very fast on that. I mean, I worked. I worked literally. My entire business model was nonprofits. There's no, um, like they 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 you have to understand their business model too is that they understand that you they have to spend money and they have a lot of uh, donors and they themselves like the employees themselves are also getting paid um because that's what keeps the 
the gears turning. Like you have to pay yourself in the end. Like like you cannot uh, move forward and just not take money um, because nonprofits will definitely, at least for my side, when I what I kind of did, it was the biggest um, area because nonprofits are the biggest sort of focal point that are trying to provide these opportunities to younger uh, demographics as well. So if you're trying to do streaming to engage the younger demographic, like libraries, nonprofits, schools, like those are all literally, um, you know, like perfect for you. You got to get like, like there's nothing wrong with it is, is my point. You got to you got to make sure you're focused on that and obviously providing value where you will. And if there's opportunities that make sense, then maybe holding back. But no, they're super open to doing that. So no worries there. I agree with you there. Okay. Get, well, get, get paid, Leon. Yeah. They, yeah. He made it very clear. There, there's like two things they're wanting to work on that I can kind of assist with. So one of them feels like really small. I might give them a pass on that one, but the other one, like developing a workshop kind of thing. Don't, don't, don't pitch it like a pass. Put it as a package. Say, call it branded something Ooh. like an early experience package or something and say, because. I, you know, I want to build this relationship. I want to make this like a long-term thing. I'm actually going to package this in with this because I want to make sure that we double down. We're just going to provide a tremendous amount of value and then we can further the relationship from there. Don't, don't like, you can, you can make it a pass, but don't word it like it's a pass make it like you're providing this additional value add. That's what I've, I've talked to a, uh, several consultancies and what they like to do, what they mentioned is that whenever you're picking up clients, you have to make the client feel like they're winning. Um, and a great way to do that is if you can add items into the service that costs you barely any capital to include, but it, for them, it is like an extra a certain amount of money, especially if you can associate a pricing to it. Like, let's say you can actually say that this would have typically costed XYZ dollar, but for this very specific package, because this is the first time um, doing business, I'm actually going to redact that price. It's going to be like added into this package. So it would cost this much. Uh, instead with this reduction like if you can sell it that way again a great way to make the client feel like they're winning and build that good relationship right from the start and that's a great way okay. to actually build into a testimonial eventually too, saying uh, like hey you know because after you provide that little favor per se at the end of assuming you provide great service even if you, they don't move forward with you then it might be like a hey um you know i'd love to get a testimony or something for my website my portfolio they'll be a lot more willing assuming you let them feel like they were a winner and they really got that value okay um yeah so i i would like to continue working with them i like the kind of stuff they're doing and i'd like to be a part of it but i'll have to figure out like an actual price for them going forward which i that's a weird like i don't know like how do you figure out how much you're worth when you don't have a whole lot to go off of? Sorry, hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, that's it's a very interesting question. And that was something I was dealing with a little bit, right? So since I'm working for these guys part-time, only like 10 hours a week, uh, right? Um, I was thinking, because I knew I was like, well, I've got to pitch my like a price for myself, right? Before they set one, um, I, I've got to give my own price, right? So that if they want to negotiate, either they're going to accept it, which I'm have a feeling that these guys will, or you know they'll negotiate, right? But if I just let them set the price, then I'm negotiating on the back foot, right? So I want to be on the front foot, and so I was thinking too, I was like. How much does, because I'm not like a social media manager, right? I'm not just like, okay, I'll post your tweet, right? Because to me, I'm like, I provide a whole lot more value than that. I'm trying to provide a overall strategy and build something structural out that would last even if I didn't keep going after three months, right? Obviously, preferably, mm -hmm. I want to work for these guys full time. And the price I ended up coming up with was basically I Googled what, uh, what typical like social media people make and what typical like marketing managers make. And then I broke that down per like hourly and then like multiplied it by how many hours I thought I would be working for them per week. And so obviously your consultancy, like consultancy can go anywhere, right? You can be some consultant for, you know, billionaires on their portfolios and be making, you know, millions of dollars. Um, or you can be starting out. But what I would do if I were you is just try to find some stuff somewhat similar 
that you can point to, right? That if you name that price, they're like, oh, that's a bit like steep. You point like, hey, this guy's doing this, right? Um, and you can move it around there. I would tend, what I did is I did that and I added somewhere in the realm of 20% just because I'm arrogant and I think I'm at least 20% better than those people, right? As if the, the price per dollar. Another thing you can add in there instead of comparative, you can also think how much money is me consulting going to make for them, right? This is something I was thinking for the capital management company. This is something I'm really thinking about, assuming I join them full-time in three months, right? Because I, A, want to beat what I'm currently making as a software engineer for them. And B, I want to think, like, that's just my, my baseline, right? And then the other thing I'm thinking is, well, I want to get a realistic percentage of how much dollar value and some stuff can be concrete, like say I bring investors on, right? Private investors, well, that's a concrete dollar amount. Other things is like building out authenticity and trust and openness by building a better social portfolio, right? That stuff can can sell deals, but it can also build communities and other things, right? There's a whole breadth of it. But what I would try to do for you is try to for you to try to figure out, okay, how many dollars does this equate for them in the long run, right? Because say random magical number let's say your consulting adds a hundred thousand dollars to their value right i'm just choosing a random number if you charged 300 that seems a little off right their their investment in you is super you know low right but if your amount and again assuming some random magical number of a hundred thousand if you're adding hundred thousand and you take twenty thousand that might be a little bit more realistic they still like win. They still profit by having you, but you also gain more. So I kind of try to use a mix of like, what is everyone else doing and how much am I going to provide compared to what other people in my realm offer? And what value do I specifically add here? Right. Does that make sense? And I try to kind of come up with some sort of price in between those two. That's how yeah. I would do it if I were you. Okay. Yeah, and in alternative uh, to the strategies that Fierce was mentioning as well, is that you could also, because um, so because you're kind of sh shipping out, I'm assuming there would be a few moving pieces to everything that you've got to do on their end. The way I've traditionally done it is I've listed out all the action items. Um, I would associate an hour, hours that would it take to complete the task, and it's very important uh, not to be like like crazy strict in terms of the hours like you give yourself that little bit buffer because humans are just terrible at allocating time and I've in the past it's proven to be a really good decision um, and then you like list out all the items and then you put a hourly cost to each hour and then um, you ship it out as so in fact I even included taxes um, in those hours right so I'd get them to cover my sales tax which is large in Canada so um, but no it, it ends up working out really well like I'm looking through one of them that I've done in the past this one was a really big project like a six month long contract but like we listed out every single item and in fact we sent this document to them so we just put it on a same simple spreadsheet uh, exported it sent it out to them saying hey this is so actually the way we kind of had it set up when closing a client is that uh, we would like we would already have a call set up um, or at least I would already have a call set up and then I would also send them the little sheet probably 24 hours uh, before so they have enough time to look it through and kind of gauge it without too much time of being worried and thinking on it on their own end without me being able to sell it. Uh, because obviously at that point I've already sold them on working together and they just need to go through the pricing and it's easier for them to digest it. They have a little bit of time, but you don't want to give them too much time that they're thinking about this and like they're building their own story. You want to make sure you get on that call and then you really sell them on the opportunity and make sense of the things that they might have questions about, um, on the call. And then that way as well, like you can, like they'll have the full transparency of where the money's kind of going and why it all makes sense. Um, in fact, my very first one, I did that too, and, but I like underpriced myself. I remember I had it like at $200 uh, for everything I was going to do for the first Fortnite tournament I was going to run. And then I ended up showing it to a mentor and then I bumped up a bunch of my pricing after he showed me there, it turned, increased it by a few hundred 
um, extra and but I just listed out like everything that was like build out the landing page um, you know set up information it was like the hourly consulting in fact I grouped that in there too so if you do any additional calls like maybe uh, what I did was like a weekly it was either weekly or bi-weekly uh, but we had multiple call sessions like hour long and then I would also count that in fact those hourly consulting times I actually made it bigger than my typical rate so then you that's a good that's an easy way to kind of fit it all in together you can kind of pick what hourly weight you want is it like 15 an hour is it 20 an hour 25 an hour 30 an hour you can kind of make that judgment call yourself and I wouldn't be one thing I would add is I wouldn't be too concerned because this is something I've heard from a lot of people is they're really really concerned with like overcharging for what you know one of a variety of reasons like oh you know too much and i think that's not really a problem for two reasons so people are afraid that oh the first like say they pitched themselves as 30 dollars an hour it's like oh what if they don't like that well if they don't like that they're still interested in you so they're just going to say uh that's a bit steep for us but we can do 20 like like because th if they want you if they want you, they'll try to do as high as they can offer, right? So offering higher rather than lower, I always think is a good idea. Because if if they can, then great. You're like, wow, I didn't even think that was realistic. And the second thing is people are like, well, I don't want to scam people. I don't want to screw people over. If people are willing to spend that much money on you, they're willing to spend it on someone else, right? And you're the person that they happen to know, right? It, it would be like, me being like, yeah, I can edit, you know, a gaming montage for you, Mr. Person worth $10 billion, and I'll charge you $100 for it. Or I could be like, and I'll charge you 7000 If they are worth that much money, right? And, and they like you, they want you, they don't care. They will spend that dollar amount. If there's anything I've known, knowing a variety of wealthy people growing up, is that they will pay for convenience. And so... And that goes for companies largely too. Obviously not everyone. Some companies are very, you know, frugal and careful. But my point is I don't really view it as like screwing people over. I view it as it's, you know, capitalist. You're taking as best advantage of your situation. And if the company's willing to spend that much money on you, they're just going to spend whatever amount you don't like, you know, take to someone else who will take it. Right. So in my view, that money's better in my hands. So I might as well do it, right? Maybe that's incredibly selfish and arrogant. Again, that's kind of where I accidentally lean sometimes, but that's that's kind of my thought on that situation. I would I would agree. I never thought about it that way, but that makes complete sense. Yeah. Liam now thinks I'm sort of some sort of, you know. I've got like a, a pile of gold in the corner or something. <laughs> Just dive into it. Some miser, give it to me. The rainbow <laughs> falls right into your room. Yeah. I mean, I've got a I've got a week before I respond, and about two weeks before they want to take any action. So. Yeah, you've got I'm, time. Yeah, I've got time. I'll have to do some online research. It just it feels weird because it feels like I'm almost just like plucking a number out of thin air. Well, that's kind of how everything works. <laughs> it is weird how it like it does. You, you know, nobody thinks that way because I think most people are kind of societally programmed to think, oh, I work for whatever they offer me per hour, right? Or for salary. But in the realm of business and contracting, a lot of the times, especially when there aren't a lot of co competition comparisons, right? You know, if I'm building a house, there's plenty of different contractors and stuff who all pitch me different prices so I can compare. But for something as vague as, a social media strategist or as you know you're consulting for these companies that can be very up in the air and which goes back to me saying just i if anything pitch high just because maybe they're like oh that's we thought that'd be much more expensive because there's a lot of people pitching really overvaluing themselves who have made a lot of money people who make 500k plus a year doing things that you and I have never even heard of. They've just positioned themselves where these companies are willing to pay for it. There's tons of examples of individuals or entire companies doing that where it's like, whoa, their profit margins are huge, but they got the right connections with these companies and have serviced them for decades and have been charging them an arm and a leg, right? Not saying you should charge an arm and a leg, but 
I'm just saying that it's a classic thing that's happening all around us. A lot of people just aren't aware that sometimes profit margins are a hundred to one, what the actual costs are when in reality should be probably more like 10 to one or five to one, if that. So, yeah, it's like soft drinks. They cost about one to two cents to make, and they cost anywhere from one to $3, depending on how nice of a restaurant you're going to or more. Good point. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I think that's about it. Is there the book out? Uh, Okay, so. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Honestly, this week has just been terribly unproductive in the sense that I got. So Monday, Tuesday, really, really good days for ideation and planning and stuff. Um. I got a, a ton of gold in terms of what we'll be doing for like our step three, four, five, six, and like the direction that we're going and what we're building towards. And we actually got some promising because I'm working with Blake now, so that has been, that has been a lot of fun so far. Um, still seeing how everything goes, but he's been kind of enjoying the stuff that he's doing in terms of the marketing stuff. Um, in fact, actually maybe i might need to connect him with fierce in the future because this is you're pretty much the expert he was actually mentioning to me today that he thought it would be pretty cool if we got like he wanted some form of mentorship or uh, something on the lines like someone kind of helping him understand what he should be experimenting with what he should be looking at and trying to do Um, i told him just look for a course online or a book and then i'll i'll pay for it so um just find me something in that regard and i'm probably going to connect them with some people that i used to know from lazarus but i need to rebuild those relationships a, a bit more it's been a long time since i've engaged on them so i can't connect them anytime soon um nevertheless besides that i've had a number of calls this week but like the writing really really was not getting done like i would sit to write and then i would like get distracted or go on email or i'll just go like on youtube in all honesty, like I would, I could just not bring myself and it's so close too. but this entire week, I could pretty much say a lot of great ideas, a lot of great calls and conversations. Uh, in fact, it was insane. Um, Blake started promoting the, the event over one day and he got like five people that joined the server. And what we're looking at doing is that we're going to do four events every month and then we're going to be promoting it on eFuse about um, two times every day. So if we're kind of moving at that same rate and we get about 30 people joining per event, which would be a crazy number, but if we can hit it, that would be phenomenal. That would be about, um, let's say 20 to 30 people per event. That could be like 100 people joining the server per month. That, and that would be a really, really amazing metric that we might go for. In addition to, we actually have someone someone else that we might be bringing on as well. We were starting those conversations and they might actually be interested in setting up some form of relationship in terms of content creation and video. So that is, that is also another moving piece. Um, in, in addition to, we're actually going to, we're actually looking to contract a writer after all, even though it's something I decided maybe you won't do, but I've kind of changed my concept on that because we're sitting on a little bit of capital that I know I can kind of expend. But nevertheless, to answer your question, the book, <coughs> the important thing that needs to get out has not been finished. Um, it is like literally a tooth and a nail away. I don't know if that's the right analogy. If that even is an analogy, but it, it sounds familiar, but slightly off. But yeah, probably misusing it. <laughs> but yeah, um, I was just going to say like, that's to a certain extent, obviously you can like, you can kick yourself, but that's not very productive, right? Obviously. Um, it, it sounds like from the sounds of things, obviously it's not exactly what you wanted to get done, but you did get a lot of other things done. You know, I'm not the most um, sold on the whole positivity thing. Everything has to be the most positive thing. Everything, nothing can be negative. Everybody positivity, rainbows and sunshine. Um, but that being said, I do think there's a lot of importance in viewing things like being an optimist and viewing things from a positive angle, right? You got made a lot of good connections. Blake's doing well. You know, you. I'm sure you had a lot of calls and meetings. You still got a lot done. It just wasn't exactly what you wanted to get done. So a little bit of encouragement there. 
And also just to, in solidarity yesterday, I was incredibly unproductive. So yeah, I was literally, I was sitting there. I got like one or two things done on my list of probably seven or eight things on my to-do list. And I was sitting there, I was like, what happened, man? I, it was like seven o'clock PM. I was like, I really don't, I just don't want to do any of these things. And I ended up getting a couple done, but it still just wasn't adding up and just, that's sometimes the way it goes. So long as, you know, three steps forward, one step back, right? So long as you're getting back, uh, an analogy I've heard before is getting back on the horse, right? If you get kicked off the horse, at so long as you're getting back on the horse and getting back on the horse consistently, that's what matters. Yeah, no, you're right. It's honestly, I have, I like, you're right. It. Like there was stuff that was done and it was productive, but like, it's kind of been, like I haven't had a week like this in like, I would want to say in the past, like three months, like just an entire week of just like very low tangible output. Obviously, like you mentioned the calls and the meeting and the ideation, that was all solid stuff. In fact, Monday and Tuesday, I would probably call them productive. Although I didn't do any writing, it was a lot of great ideas. You can't really see it, but that whiteboard is just full of content. <laughs> at this point just ideas and stuff and i have a bunch of calls scheduled for next week it's just yeah it is what it is just like you said getting on the horse again and just focusing and doubling down on this i think i'm got actually that reminds me i need to buy a whiteboard i've got so many in fact i've got one here one there i have one of those gold coins on the ground one right here and then i also have a digital writer tablet thing right here so in addition to like a bunch of binders too, I love writing. Jeez, yeah, you you certainly are a writer. You took the uh, the handwriting goes better to the brain than typing to oh. heart, did you? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like having some place where I can just because there are times I'm like, oh, I should write that down in my notes. And it does not get written down in my notes, but if yeah. there's just something on the wall to just like pick it up write it done like or you for some reason it, yeah exactly like so, so long as it's some because it's like that takes probably just as long as me opening up my notes app but for some reason when i've been around whiteboards too i always feel more like in college i used to do this i would study in rooms with whiteboards just so that i could be like expressive whether it was like oh i need to think this problem out like out loud using my hand or whether i was just like being creative like just drawing on the whiteboard it's something about them is better and i should have one on my walls so yeah. i will do that i'll have to step over my various piles of gold obviously <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty funny <laughs> now that you mention it yeah white writing on whiteboards actually does like it very much like it feels very different from like technology technological based writing even even though it's really weird because it's not like we've evolved with like whiteboards in our lives. I mean, I guess they have all the papers and writing on trees, but you're not really like kind of etching things in and then erasing it or whatever. Yeah. I, <laughs> to me, I prefer personally, um, because I, I've read multiple studies that say like handwriting totally like works differently in the brain for memory than typing something out does. And, yeah, I heard that too. Uh, and I'm like, okay, well, that's a good idea. Um, except for I type at like a hundred words per minute. It's so much faster for me to take notes and typing. And I do not like the act of um, like pencil to paper. I just don't like how that feels, but a whiteboard I'm fine with how that feels. I, I don't know why. Don't ask me why it's just my stupid brain. Um, but I like how the whiteboard feels. So it kind of removes that. Like, I don't know my brain when I, when I handwrite on paper with a pencil, it's like this, it's like a chalkboard. I hate chalkboards. The whiteboards are great. So I am going to acquire one. Now I have to think about how big how I have to measure my walls. Okay. That's not at all. That's gonna go to the to-do list. <laughs> Can you increase your productivity? Yes, sir. Yes, it would. A question for you guys before we end. I'm curious. Um does organization slash cleanliness matter to how you are productive does it have an effect other than of course like knowing where something is but like just the general like 
are my surroundings a mess or not? Because I know some people who are much more productive when things are chaotic. And I know some people, myself included, that feel heavily distracted by things being like out of place. I don't know if it's ADHD or what, but when my room, when there's more than one or two things out of like place, I have to do that first before I can do other things. Curious as to how that works with you guys. See, I love that you asked this question because I've actually had a, I've actually, I think I, not this week, but the week before this, I actually Googled it because I was wondering if my area was cleaner, is there like a correlation or connection? I wasn't able to find anything that I was like very comfortable with in terms of like research or studies or uh, information. But what it seems like is, um, I, I think it's the in the environment and like all those different stimuli that are kind of there. Like there, I know there are studies, for example, if you sleep in a different room or in a different environment, then half of your brain or something along those lines, a portion of your brain or your sleep kind of gets messed up because you're almost like awake, ready for any, um, anything to kind of engage on you or whatever. Like you're not fully in deep, deep sleep. And I know, I know that that part is uh, credible. Pretty sure I read that in why we sleep by Matthew Walker in his book. But nevertheless, so I would assume something similar kind of lines up with your own personal environment um, in the sense that less stuff makes. And I've heard this from a lot of people. In fact, there's a book about it. I've never read it, um, it but it's it's about tidiness. Um, I would have to Google it, but it's something like um, the ancient Japanese art of tidiness. And I'm pretty sure the author there talks about like your mind just gets a lot more clear if you have a tidy workplace i probably should read that book but that's interesting that might explain why i sleep so much deeper when i'm at like a hotel or an airbnb than i do in my own bed i always have been confused about that like i because it doesn't make any sense it kind of is the opposite but i tend i tend to sleep deeper i can like feel that it it's just my sleep feels more satisfying there than it does in my own room, but I do everything in my own room, which is the reason oh, at yeah. some point I'd love to have a, I'd love to have a house where I have my own office separate from my bedroom, but it's not, not currently possible right now. Yeah, we're super environment, environment based like creatures. I've, I've actually come to really appreciate over the past few weeks, just how much environment matters. Like it is, um, it's the environment you put yourself in the fit, like the physical environment, the stuff, especially going in nature and going for walks. And I like, I've actually been looking a lot into that. There's a lot of credible research. Like people don't necessarily know why, but just going out to nature, uh, but also just even your mental kind of environment, but physical as well, especially if you're working in the same room, that is, yeah, add something ideally if you can to obviously you can't, but if you had the opportunity separating those out. Leon was giving me a weird look when I said I sleep deeper. What, Leon, what are your thoughts? I, no, if I, I hate trying to sleep somewhere that I'm not used to. Like, if I'm spending the night at someone's place or, like, a hotel, it's just super uncomfortable for me. Which, I, I hate the bed I have now, but it's just, I guess it's because that's what I'm used to. Um, and as far as workspace, I don't particularly care. I can kind of just work anywhere. Um... I care more about like how clean it is. It like when I had an office at a school where people would walk in all the time, like I cared a lot more. But like my one now, I don't really like care. Like it doesn't actually like get too messy, but I am a little bit cluttered just because I'm I don't even have like a desk. I'm on like a picnic table. <laughs> I don't have a lot of space. We gotta get you a better desk. It won't fit. I'm in a storage room. <laughs> 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 I was um I was watching somebody play like a VR game earlier today and it was like man I wish I could do that but I I couldn't like even in my chair I would just hit my table so fast I don't have any like room just it's, uh, it's just, just play VR outside just play that <laughs> that would be the most spacious I could get <laughs> just imagining Le Leon walking down the street the VR headset. I wish I had VR. Mostly I just want to play like Beat Saber or some like rhythm game like that. I haven't had one of those in a long time since we got rid of a v the DDR machine in my town. Play Osu. But I could play Osu. 
I, I tried it once and it was like really awkward, but I could just like, I didn't play it very well. It feels better if you get a Wacom tablet to play on. Yeah. Is that like a drawing pad kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like basically 99% of the top players in that game play with the tablet. Yeah. Yeah. But no, Beat Saber is definitely worth it. My cousin's ranks top like thousand in the world for Beat Saber. Oh, see. He is, it is, cr- is crazy what he does. I can't, I've had fun playing it. Uh, but I can't get close to that. Yeah, those those kinds of games are like really fun. I think those are maybe not Osu, but like Beat Saber, like DDR are probably really good to like. That's probably how someone like me would be like more active is with a game like that. That's Something you is. get to like exercise and have fun because I get like my problem with exercising is I just get bored. Mm. That's where I just listen to like podcasts or audiobooks while I exercise. Or I do it with friends, like play sports. That'll keep my mind. But if I'm exercising by myself, gotta listen to something, keep the brain, I the brain on something. I don't know. I I've tried that. I cannot focus on exercising and the content at the same time. Uh, if you're trying to listen to something, and music is just annoying, and I'm trying to work out, especially when you're trying to get towards the, like, the last reps or so. It's like. Like, I don't That's know. Interesting. I cannot like I just cannot focus. I'm trying to listen to the video or the podcast and trying to absorb information, but I'm also trying to push myself. It's like, yeah, it's not not really working. I don't know when <laughs> for me it's like when I'm lifting or whatever, I have kind of a set number of things I'm going to do with set weight and so I'm just going to do that thing. And so to me that's like a more mindless activity. So to me I I want to keep. I agree with Leon. I would get I would totally get bored if I didn't have something to listen to. With something to listen to, I, to me at least, it's oh, I can just do both of these at once. It's re- also a reason I basically never ever listen to podcasts or audiobooks unless I'm doing something mindless because I want to kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, I think one of the best things I found at the the rec center, the the university I used to go at, is there was like one treadmill that I don't know if it was like the one that wasn't broken or whatever. But on its screen, you're supposed to be able to, like, put TV shows on, which I didn't care about. But one of them had Solitaire, which gave me something to do. And it was so awkward trying to, like, click and drag stuff while running. But I ended up actually running, like, a few miles without realizing it. Because I just had something to, like, do and think about during it. It helped so much. And before they put out, they make uh, MMORPG an omnidirectional uh, treadmill. No, you gotta. There was. You want to chop that tree? You're gonna be doing this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, you're gonna be running in place to every single location. That'll get people fit real quick. Except for like what ninety percent of fitness is what you eat. So actually, I don't know yeah. if that'll be the case. <laughs> I I feel like this would have been in like the early '90s or something. I saw like a TV show where somebody was trying to get fit, so they bought them a like one of those pedals you put like under your desk. Oh, I've but seen it, those. But it actually like, came with a software where you actually could like create an avatar and go to this like park with other people that were like biking around and talk to them. It's like some really early adaptation of like what an MMO is into like exercise. Huh. I I heard about it. This seriously was like 20-ish years ago, and I've never seen or heard of anything like it since then. I would have been four years old. I've <laughs> been <laughs> 12 or so. <laughs> it's uh I, I forgot where we were even at though uh, yeah we just kind of wandered off into <laughs> conversation uh we were we were kind of going through i guess my bit so kind of made the end of that but yeah how's um sorry a fierce is a video coming out next weekend is that yeah the goal would it be like this tuesday or would it be Next it would be it would be next weekend probably a little after so probably the monday or tuesday after this next weekend i want to have all the stuff ready and then be like shooting and editing the video over the weekend and then have it like ready to release by monday tuesday that's kind of the goal cool uh leon what's your your commitment for next week i commit oh god what is my commitment i need to record at least one more episode um God, my like little day stream like uh, research has just died. It's it's been awful. I I cannot fix my sleep schedule. 
Um, but I don't know how valuable that even is to like pick up again. What, what are you on right now? Like, what are you sleeping? Um, I mean, last night was better, but it's something, it's been something like, I probably fall asleep around like 4 a.m. and wake up at like 2. Oh, it's terrible. No. Yeah, I oh, immediately no. look on your says, I know you're judging. Oh, no. It's awful. I still I still have my like 10 a.m. alarm too, but I don't even remember ever going off. I check every day. It's on. It's apparently going off, but. Yeah, no, you, you've uh, you've put your body in, in a state that's just going to ignore that crap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I need to start what like trying, if I need to take like sleeping pills or something to try to like adjust or what. Uh, it's one thing that I'll, I don't, I don't know if you're consistently exercising, but if you exercise every day, your body will be more tired and want to put itself to sleep. I know that for a fact, because in periods of my life where I don't, which have been plenty where I don't exercise consistently, it's not as easy and I don't get good enough sleep, but times where I do consistently exercise, even if it's a short amount, my body is like, we are passing out now. And usually when my, my body starts drowsing, I do not resist. I just let it do the natural thing and fall asleep. So that, I mean, it'll take a lot of time and practice, but I would argue as I'm betting Yuzair uh, would that it's worth picking your sleep, get a good sleep schedule back up again, because it'll have a lot I, of effects on productivity, on health, on everything. I, I agree. I was doing really well until I got the COVID booster and felt really ill and it just never picked up again. I lost it with that. And yeah, I, I don't know because I can go to bed. I just don't fall asleep. Yeah, no, it's obviously you ha you're going to have to like, don't try to fall asleep now at 11 p.m. when you're currently falling asleep at four. Right. Pull it back to like three and add thing add things in your life that'll make you want to sleep. I, I would say the major one is exercise. Uh, if, if you aren't already add that your body will be more tired. Um. And then I, I wouldn't set alarms for 10. If you're already currently averaging waking up at two, try waking up at like noon or one, right? You just got to inch that back. Because if you do something totally off, like four hours back, right? If you try to go to bed at midnight, your body's not ready for that. Your body's like, this is like the evening. We're like getting started, like hanging out and playing games. And no, we're not sleeping. And if you try to set your alarm for four hours before you normally wake up, your body's going to be like, no, <laughs> we need more sleep. And so that's, that's why I would say start adjusting it back, right? If you feel sleepy at three fifteen, go to sleep. So. I mean, yeah, the, the problem is when I, I actually will be in bed like hours beforehand, I just can't sleep. I'm not like, it's not spending time on my phone or anything. I just kind of lay there thinking about all the awful things that's happened <laughs> like darn i wish i'd done this differently that's why you're you're still awake you're not letting yourself wind down here here's two two like or i guess it's technically three key things i'd recommend in addition to uh isaac was saying one uh go outside so go like just going outside you're and being outside at least for 30 seconds at the very as the earliest time you can um, but I guess you're waking up at some weird time. So the earliest time the sun's kind of out because that will actually start centering your circadian rhythm. Um, obviously, you mentioned blue light, just making sure an hour, an hour and a half before. An hour and a half is obviously extensive, but if you're trying to backtrack yourself, turning all that off, um, even like your actual lights, right? Like just keeping stuff dark for a bit would be really um, like you. I have smart lights, so it's very easy for me to turn them red. Um, so that's what I usually do, but that, and then lastly, meditate, um, even if it's like 15, 20 minutes, that's how you're going to clear your mind. If you do a very specific type, like it's called Vipanissa, I don't know how to pronounce it. Some Buddhist term. I don't know what <laughs> language these terms are from, but nevertheless, it's just, you're focusing on your breath. Uh, as you breathe in, you just focus and you mentally even say to yourself, uh, breathe in or took a breath in or inhale whatever you want to say and then you exhale you do the same thing if any thoughts come you just like forget about them focus on your breath and you'll keep getting thoughts coming in but you let them come in and come out basically helps you clear your mind it makes it super easy to fall asleep because you prepared your mind to fall asleep 
You can either do that or Yoga Nidra is another good one. That one's actually made specifically to help you sleep. Um, but like either or would work. But if you do those three things in addition to exercise, as Isaac mentioned, uh, like you shouldn't have a problem. Uh, worst case scenario, just stay up and then go to sleep. I like crash uh, at the time you wanted to typically sleep. Yeah, I just thought about it with since it's been like so cold lately. I don't even like because I've I've got these like paper wind or not wind like paper. Uh, what are these curtains? So I'm not getting like any light in my room anymore, and I have to. Keep, I've been keeping them sealed because I don't have like heat in this room. So yeah, Actually, that's like my these paper curtains are my insulation. I was about to say that'll uh that'll c- completely offset because when you've got no because I'm at, let's imagine a world where you had no clue like you were completely sealed off right you couldn't go outside you couldn't you couldn't even see natural light imagine like given even me who's like i'm like not super disciplined but fairly disciplined i'm sure without me knowing it assuming i didn't have a, a watch either right or for some reason at bedtime i couldn't know what bed what time it was i would be like Given a year or two, I would be, you know, going to bed at two o'clock p.m. and waking up at like nine o'clock p.m. Right. I wouldn't have any clue. So the absence of natural light and not getting enough potentially not getting enough vitamin D in the sun is your your body's just going to kind of be uh, like your body's just kind of mystified right now. It just doesn't know what's up versus down. And so you got to get your body back on track. Yeah, and going outside yeah. consistently is the key thing. Windows actually, and you can test this with your phone. I have an app on my phone called Lux. Basically, I forgot what those are called, photons or something like that. Uh, like there's a there's something within the light, and you can test this out yourself with the phone. If you put your phone near like the window and have light shining in, yeah, it won't actually measure anything on this app. It's called a, a, a Lux meter. But if you actually go outside, it'll be like several hundred. So like there's a massive difference between being at by a window and then going outside. Something to do with the properties that windows are made out of. Okay. But just a fun fact. So yeah, going outside is the key. Go outside, play some golf, meet some rich people while playing golf, and then you're set. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, maybe that's the plan. Is I, I need to find a couple like billionaires to pal around with. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're doing future billionaires obviously yeah exactly all that's, mm-hmm. that's us on the podcast right we're that all in podcast they've got nothing on us in like 20 years yeah, nothing. <laughs> okay i think we're good to wrap this up all right also for my commitment uh really quickly i will i want to spend i have a bunch of calls set all next week but if i do i, I want to commit myself to 30 at least 30 hours of tangible work so that should be about 45 hours total if i do at least those 30 hours and just focusing up um i'm not going to commit to finishing the book although the book should be done pretty early in that week i made that commitment too many times at this point um so so yeah that's the plan cool cool okay okay it looks like we can call it a day and i'll see you guys next week see you see you